What is going on, Pooge Crew? Episode 126 of the Poojie Podcast. Thank you for being here. Jaguars coming off a glorious victory against the Indianapolis Colts, who have not won in Jacksonville in some time. I'm sure we'll dive into that uh, here today on this episode, but really an overall great performance from the Jaguars. Week 18 was a thriller across the league, and really the Jaguars-Colts 1 o'clock game kicked things off with what became week 18 craziness all the way up until about Monday morning at 12.30 a.m. with uh, the the Raiders-Chargers game that went into overtime and threatened to tie. But thank you for being here for episode 126. And I do want to welcome on Ryan to the Poojie Podcast. Ryan, appreciate you being here, man. How are you? Doing great, man. No problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, for sure, man. I see you're all jagged out, swagged out. So love seeing that. I mean, the throwback jersey. What what jersey is that, Ramsey? You know it. Dude, I dude. knew I I knew you used to be such a big Ramsey guy when he was here in town. Dude, I'm still a Ramsey guy. I yeah. I hate to admit it. I'm still a Ramsey guy. I actually named my dog Ramsey. Oh, that's classic. No, and it, <laughs> what's funny about that is I actually never once all the details came out about Jalen Ramsey, I never really like faulted him for some of his actions. I mean, he could have been more mature, he could have been more professional, but at yeah. the end of the day, he was a really good player that wanted things to go the right way for Jacksonville in some of the throwback traditional type ownership management skills uh did not go well with him yeah he was just hard to get along with and he he liked to talk and people didn't really jive with it but it was part of his game and it's part of what made him so good getting underneath people's skin and backing it up too yeah you know, so something i'll never forget when he got under aj green's skin that one game and like you literally never see aj green get pissed off and then that one game against the Bengals. Him and AJ Green got into it, and I was like, oh my God, this guy's like a second year player, and he's already getting to these veterans. And I think a lot of that came from how good he was, also. Like he was able to back it up, like you said. So these players would get frustrated because he was such a lockdown corner. But enough about the glorious days in the 2017 season. Let's jump <laughs> into uh this year's team and week 18 specifically. You were uh you had mentioned you were out at the game on Sunday. Yeah, my buddy scored some tickets for us. So we went out there and tried to rep it up as best as we could in week 18. I, uh, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what to expect when we got there, but I did have hope because, like you said, Indianapolis hasn't won here in quite some time. So I was holding on to that. And then right from the beginning, just like you said, complete football by that team, man. It was by far their best game. Mm-hmm. And glad that we could at least finish that way. So I want to uh, I want to ask this real quick. What was <laughs> the atmosphere like as far as the fans go? From start to finish, I guess. Uh, well, the fans specifically, I was expecting a bigger clown turnout. I really was. Um, I would say there's a couple hundred clowns. Yeah, a co- a <laughs> everyone co- cares a- about the clowns. <laughs> a couple hundred clowns within like, I don't know how many people exactly, but there can be up to, what, 60,000 people at a football game usually. Yeah. So it wasn't very many. Yeah. Uh, but the atmosphere overall was pretty exciting, especially, like I said, because they got out to that fast start and they never let it go. They played complete football, um, the whole way through, like on the first drive, Trevor was perfect. Uh, eight for eight, I believe 80 something yards, 83 mm-hmm. yards touchdown to Marvin Jones, three third down, con- uh, conversions, you know, and then yeah. another, I think it was another third down actually for the, t- the touchdown as well. So. Yeah, so here's the exact stats, actually. 12 plays, 75 yards, over seven minutes, which, first of all, I'm glad you brought this up because it felt well, like it was the... Well, f- I guess he got... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... No, you're I good. I guess he got passing yards from... There was a couple penalties, a holding call, I know, and yeah. um, there was 
a false start as well, sack in there. So I guess that's where he got extra yardage. From, yeah. Go ahead. Well, what's funny is so many teams like deal with that too. And it's like the Jaguars have never been able to overcome it. And it's always felt like as a Jags fan, when the team gets to like second and 15 after like a false start, it's like, all right, automatic punt. And we're on to the defense. And this just looked completely different, but 12 plays, 75 yards and uh, over seven minutes, which was nice because this is a team that over the last four or five weeks, it felt like the opposition was putting together big drives at the beginning of the game. So it was nice to kind of return the favor. Um, but you did have, you know, a third and 13 conversion on a pass uh, to Marvin Jones, which actually really set the pace when you think about it, because that was a third and 13 again, that typically would feel like, okay, this is going to be the last play. It's going to be a dump off. It's going to be a quick bubble screen to Chenault that we've seen all the time. Convert it to Marvin Jones for 17 yards, then convert a third and five penalty, but then still convert the third and 10. And then they march down the field. They convert a third and one to get into to the red zone. And then second and goal from the two touchdown pass to Laquan Treadwell. So, I mean, the team really overcame a lot of obstacles in that first drive. And I think that really built the confidence in this game moving forward. Mm-hmm. Treadwell obviously gets rewarded with the touchdown there, but I feel like Marvin Jones really put a lot of work in not only this, that first drive, but this entire game, he only had um, one target that he didn't catch. And it was a ball. Honestly, Trevor was just getting rid of. So yeah, he really came in clutch. He got the third and 13 and the third and 10 on that first drive and really kept him in there. Yeah. Um, that was that the was, Marvin Jones we've been waiting to see the entire season. Exactly. He had a little incentive. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. He needed, he what, needed four catches. I think he needed four catches and he ended up with like seven or something. So yeah, seven, seven for 88 and a touchdown. So. Seven for 88. And a, yeah. So the incentives, hey, maybe they got to just switch to incentive based pay for the, the players. See, I see mean, what Gronk that does. His incentives. I wonder how AB feels about Gronk's incentives. Yeah, and yeah, right. And AB was like two two catches away and like thirty three yards away and all that craziness. Uh, but it'll actually be interesting to see how the Bucks do in the playoffs. But um, th- with the Jags, Dewan Smoot even hit the incentive bonus. He had to get a sack to get like five hundred k or two hundred and fifty k or something. He got the sack and was able to bring home the bacon for his newborn and and for his uh, wife and everything. So. Uh, really, really awesome stuff from the Jags on that first drive. Like you mentioned, Marvin Jones was really the spark that we needed. And what's most surprising about it, and I guess the Colts don't have to worry about it in the playoffs now because we spoiled their chances there. But this was a defense. <laughs> this was a defense that I think a lot of people thought was underrated. And then the Jaguars just exposed them. And the worst team in the league, obviously, with the number one pick, to go out there in a must-win situation, literally win and you're in, and you come off this heartbreaking loss to the Raiders, and you have the Jaguars on your schedule, that's literally what any team would want to see for a must-win game. And to come out and just look completely flat, only score three points in the first half, not even put up a fight, really. Carson Wentz ending with like a 4.4 QBR. uh, Completely embarrassing by the Colts' defense. That is typically a very good unit. Yeah, I I honestly forgot Jonathan Taylor was playing. I forgot all about it. Um, Mm -hmm. The defense, they really came through and had a goal line stop as well. That was key in wasting a lot of clock at the end of the game or second half, I should say. But um, yeah, uh, sorry. I was pulling up something here. Let me. Yeah, you're good to it. Um, You're good. I mean, the defense, 
No, you're good. The defense, you know, first drive for the Colts held them to turnover on downs, then held them to a field goal, which the the Colts field goal drive was 12 plays, 57 yards in almost eight minutes. And typically when you see that kind of drive happen in the NFL, it results in touchdowns, especially when you're going up against the Jags. So for the team, for the for the defense to hold steady uh, on that drive, not really even let the Colts threaten to get in the end zone at any point of the game until the end of the game. Um, was super impressive. They had turnover on downs, field goal, punt, fumble on the uh, opening drive of the second quarter, punt, interception, uh, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, and then touchdown. That that was their drives. They scored a meaningless touchdown. Yeah, and I was honestly walking out of the stadium as they scored that touchdown and the two points. I was like, oh, look, they got the two points. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense, like you're saying, uh, they had two takeaways and then the offense, zero giveaways. Mm-hmm. That has been Jaguars were like, I think, number one in giveaways or at least up there. And yeah. the Colts were actually number one in takeaways. And that was the complete opposite for this game. And I feel like that really paid dividends for us. Um, and we almost had a third, too. There was an interception that barely squeaked out of his hands. But they were yeah. definitely came to play on uh, on defense Sunday. And it was refreshing to see. Um, yeah. I've been watching every single Jags game for a long time. I know me and you were both up there in New England a few years ago. Like we dedicate watching Jags football, and yeah. sometimes it's just so disheartening to be like, ah. you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned you mentioned the bubble screen to Lavisca. There was a child sitting next to me that was like, "I bet this pass goes behind the line of scrimmage," and I was like, "It's not wrong. It's not, it's not wrong, you know." Yeah. And so to see them get it down the field with success, have good offense. Um, they didn't really run the ball incredibly well, but what they did do was keep the defense honest with it. They, they ran 30 times as a team for like 31 times for 101 yards. They pretty mm-hmm. much split all the carries evenly. Um, and, but rock rock had one big run. Other than that, every run was two, th- three yards, mm-hmm. you know, but it kept the defense honest and really opened up the passing for Trevor. And he was making good, quick, confident decisions with the football. That was, I was like, yes, Trevor, this is, you look like Clemson Trevor. Like you have command confidence. You're making quick, good decisions. There was a couple of like late check downs, but he was trying to make it work. And I appreciate that, especially in week 18, you know? Yeah. So it was very refreshing game. Special teams played well. We had a kicker go hundred percent on four for four on field goals, two extra points, you know? Yeah. In every phase of the game, they just really stepped it up, which was good. And it makes you wonder, okay, was it, was it the Colts just falling asleep at the wheel because it was the Jags? Was it the Jags playing with extra motivation because they knew what it meant to the Colts? Like, okay, we're not just going to let the Colts walk in here and walk over us into the playoffs or was this actually kind of like a sign of things to come for this team like is this something sustainable for this team moving forward because when you look at a lot of positions on this field or on the field uh these players are not going to be here next year a lot of them for the most part hopefully uh (laughs) depending on who's in power but 
Uh, you talked about the dropped interception. That was Daniel Thomas. That's a guy that's been around for like three years now out of Auburn who hasn't really started ever outside of injury spots. We still have Chris Claybrooks playing in the secondary in spots, but you have Cisco out there playing. He seems like he's going to be a stronghold right. at, at safety. You have Tyson Campbell, who's really come on strong in the second half of the season, and Shaquille Griffin, who you obviously paid a shit ton of money to over the offseason to come in. So some of the pieces in the secondary seem pretty uh, – pretty locked in, I would say. But I guess my biggest question and the thing I've been trying to figure out is, is this what is this a sign for things to come? Can Jaguar fans sit here and say, that's what this team truly is? Like, that's their identity. They can hang with anyone. Or was that just a week 18 fluky victory because the Colts were asleep and the Jaguars had some extra motivation? I think that it was a lot more of a sign to come than people might give it credit for. I feel like this is a young team. They do have things to learn. They have chemistry to build. Um, I mean, they didn't even have a 100% decision on who the quarterback was in training camp, courtesy mm-hmm. of Urban. But, um, <laughs> yeah. and Treadwell even mentioned that the other day. So um, I think that just with a little bit of consistency with these young, talented players that we want to retain and then adding in some pieces either through the draft or free agency specifically where we need them, you know, like obviously we need a little bit on the defense. Um, I feel like our defensive line and linebackers are obviously not perfect, but not the worst. I feel like cornerback, we definitely need help in coverage. Um, But I feel like we at least know we have our guy at quarterback for now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, at least for the next three years. Yeah. And I feel like they need to just build around him, you know, and really designate the scheme and the players that they're willing to get on offense for him. And then just add a few pieces on defense because I mean, it's an offensive game anyway, mm-hmm. with most of the way the penalties go, you can, you can have a few players that are just trying to prove themselves. You know, you don't need all those stars, um, like we used to have, but I think it's a lot more of a sign to come. I think they just need a little bit more time consistency. They need good coaching and structure. They need the, to not change every year. Um, yeah. and I mean, that's any franchise, but I think that they'll be okay. And I think that, I think that Trevor Lawrence will be around for a while as long mm-hmm. as he so chooses to be here, I guess. Yeah. And, and, um, as long as they can, have someone in there making good decisions and building the correct pieces from here on forward. It, it can't get worse. Do you feel me? Yeah. So I feel like that was a very good game. I feel like that's how they should play. They're obviously not going to have that great of a performance every game. No one does. And it's something that the fans are going to obviously have to just see through, which most of them do. I feel like most of them do. There was a lot of Colts fans there, but there was a lot of Jags fans there still. And I think that that shows you that they really wanted to be there. Even the clowns wanted to be there for a reason. They wanted to win. They were cheering. They weren't, you know? Yeah. I think that they're motivated to win. They just need to make sure that they have good structure going forward and get the right pieces. Yeah, and I think this team has a lot of room for growth. Just if you look at a lot of the players on the depth chart at different positions, uh, you're you're looking at 
players that would probably be practice squad or backup players on a lot of other teams from the tight end position. We really haven't had a standout tight end since Mercedes Lewis left. We tried to sign Julius Thomas a number of years ago. That didn't really pan out. We have James O'Shaughnessy, who feels like he's been around uh, like forever for at least like 10 years. I know he's really only been here for like five years, I think four years. But you look at a lot of the players, even like Laquan Treadwell, he was a first round pick that got cut in like year three, didn't make it on another roster. He ends up in Jacksonville. So the, the roster really has felt like a bunch of outcasts from other rosters just kind of put together with duct tape to get that much out of them in week 18 to ruin the Colts chances is big. And you talk about kind of building the right pieces. I think what they need most is veteran leadership um, on, on the defensive side of the ball. When this team was the best, they had Calais Campbell and Paul Pozlesny who were both captains, both leaders of the team. And they both left the same off season and things never really got better from there. They weren't able to replace either of those guys with veterans that were, were leaders in the locker room. Things started getting away from the franchise. Things started getting away from the team as far as chemistry goes. And I think that really hurts a team. And if you look at a lot of the good teams in the NFL, a lot of the good teams that are consistently at the top have some sort of veteran presence um, at key positions that demand respect from their teammates and really from the coaches as well. Um, so I think that's a big thing for us is, is we got to take advantage of this cap space. I believe we're one, if not two, as far as cap space goes. Obviously, with the number one pick again, not ideal because that means you had a bad season, but it puts you in a really good position to go out and get exactly who you want um, no matter, you, you know you're on the clock starting today. So you can start scouting. You know exactly what you can get from day one. And, and I think this team does have a bright future and it's, it's exhausting to say, but every year it feels like we say the Jaguars is a good position. Like when we, before we hired urban Meyer, people said, okay, that's a good situation in Jacksonville. Now we're saying it again. It's a good situation in Jacksonville. And if off seasons had Super Bowls, the Jaguars would have like 10 rings because we constantly feel like we win the off season through free agency, through the draft, and then playtime, you know, it, it comes time for pre-season September. Yeah, preseason. preseason champions. Yeah, we, we look good in preseason for the most part. And then September rolls around that first week and the team forgets that it's the NFL. Um, so it's it's frustrating at times. But I do think that with some with some proper decision making, I think this team is trending in the right direction. I was extremely happy to see the way Trevor Lawrence played this week. Um, I know we touched on it a little bit, but to go up against a Colts defense who I know we're missing a few pieces here and there. And I know Kenny Moore was hurt for the most part during the game. He continued to go down, but they still have Darius Leonard. They still have DeForest Buckner. They still have Quiddy pay. They still have a lot of guys on that defense that cause problems for other teams. And this is a Colts team. That's only three weeks removed from beating the Patriots. What three weeks ago to pretty much that, that win against new England almost secured them their playoff spot. Like, okay, this team is legit. And then to lose to the Raiders in a heartbreak and then to lose to the Jaguars in just a bloodbath and Jag, yeah, Jags fans, like Uh. how many times have we ever (laughs) been able to say we dominated a team? Like never we've, we've never been able to say even the Cincinnati game earlier this year, when we were up 14, zero, it felt like, okay, this can still, you know, go downhill quickly. Oh my Lord. That (laughs) game then. And it did. So that game, I was so bothered. Yeah. How did you let that go? You know? Yeah. You let that one go. You kind of blew it against Arizona in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were plenty of games that looked completely terrible. Like, you know, the Seahawks game and the Rams game. And there were some games that were just like, we don't even belong on this field, but then they did show signs of, you know, positive performance and, and good play. 
Um, so I think this offseason is probably the most important offseason uh, in franchise history just because we already, like you said, we already have our quarterback. We don't need to worry about drafting the most important part of the team. We already mm-hmm. have him. Now we need to make sure we make a home run hire to go out and get a guy that is committed to building around Trevor Lawrence and getting the right pieces in place. Uh, we'll, we'll probably make more videos on that, obviously, about the coaching search and, and options out there. But I think they do kind of need to go in a, a veteran route, a, a coach that demands some respect uh, around the league. Um, like a Jim Caldwell, ironically enough, we just beat the Colts. But like a Jim Caldwell, you know, that that name sounds beautiful to me when it comes to the Jags. Um, but overall, good week to be a Jags fan. And we retain the number one pick courtesy of the Detroit Lions beating the Packers. Yeah, so I was honestly not super worried about number one, number two. I truly feel we're not going to take the number one pick. I feel like we're going to deal it. I hope we deal it. Um, I don't think the people that are at the top of everyone's draft boards for the number one pick um, is something that we necessarily need. Uh, if it, if we did take it, it would be to build depth at the defensive end position, most likely. <clears throat> and I would not want to see them. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> You're good. I would not want to see them draft another defensive end um, after getting Allen, Chase on, you know, and other names that they have. It's always a defensive end or a, a lineman or something. And we don't have a lot of skill positions. Yeah. We need some of them. We definitely need defensive backs. Safe. We need cornerback safety, some wide receivers, in my opinion. Uh, I hope that we can remain healthy as well. Cause obviously that's a big part of everyone's season is remaining healthy. I, I really want to know what we look like as a two headed running monster with Travis Etienne and James Robinson, both healthy toting mm-hmm. the ball back there. I think that might be really good. And the chemistry that Travis and Trevor will have, hopefully will be something as well as far as check downs. You know what I mean? Like, you know where your boy's going to be? You've been playing with him for a while. Um, and also just, you know, being able to communicate the plays or whatever to each other better, you know, just yeah. having more consistent pieces around Trevor. Again, basically what we were going on, putting the right pieces around him and then getting some of the key leadership like you were talking about on the defensive end as well. Some skill position depth everywhere. Obviously, with COVID being a new thing in the league, you need depth um, more than ever. Mm -hmm. so that is something to pay attention to. I feel like even if you go and you sign a big free agent at a certain position, you could maybe still draft high at that same position. Yeah. Um, You know, because there's a good chance he's going to miss a game. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully not. Hopefully everyone stays healthy and can stay active and be out there because that'll give us the best chance at winning. But I don't think it would be a bad idea to just go for depth as well at certain positions. Um, We have a lot of equity in the draft, I believe, still from before. And if we can trade that first pick and gain a little bit more, I feel like we'll be able to build that depth with these new young guys, as well as you said, get some of the veterans in to kind of coach them up. And then hopefully in a few years be a good team rather than just be progressing each year. Yeah. Be consistent. And last draft, uh, 49ers took Trey Lance number three, and now they are a playoff team that really Trey Lance didn't necessarily play a huge part in their season, 
but the Jaguars are not that type of team drafting in the top five. The 49ers obviously already had their structure. They already had their, their identity. They just had a down year due to some injuries and, and so on. So the Jaguars do have to, uh, I I'm always a big fan of quantity, um, draft picks over high draft picks. I'd much rather draft eight or nine guys than four or five guys, just especially a team coming off a three and 14 season. I think that's huge. And it would be painful to see them draft a defensive player in the first round, just because we've done that for so many years. And I want to see them finally start to commit to building around Trevor Lawrence. And if you look at the best quarterbacks in this league and you can go down the list with, you know, from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes, to Matt Stafford, to Aaron Rodgers, all those teams have put pieces around those quarterbacks to succeed. Even Kyler Murray, the the Texans, they go out, they get DeAndre Hopkins. They don't stop there. They go out and get AJ Green. They don't stop there. They go out and get James Conner. Like they have exactly, they they make these moves to go out and compliment their quarterbacks, knowing that's only going to help them. Uh, I think that's what the Jags need to do. The quarterback, as much as important as the quarterback is, they can't carry the load for the team. The Bucks had even gone out and grabbed Antonio Brown. They went out and got Gronk when they got Brady. Um, they re-signed Chris Godwin. They still have Mike Evans. Like they have all these pieces. They have Brady. Le'Veon Bell now. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. They went out and got Leonard Fournette too. Like from didn't the they Jags. have Shady McCoy? They had Shady. They have Ronald Jones. So like they just don't care. Like they're just like we're just going to get as many effect. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to get as many good players. That's what I want to see the Jags start to do. So it should be a fun off season and definitely a nice victory Monday this week. But now we have victory off season because we can't lose again until September. So now we get to enjoy that win. Exactly. And while Such we watch a sweet way to end the season, right? Sweet way to end, and we get to watch the playoffs and say, oh, that should have been the Colts, but we messed them up. So we, I we don't want to watch. Hand. I don't want to watch Pittsburgh. I really wanted that tie. I that really tie wanted that sick. tie. Yeah. The That's... sports books allegedly would have lost billions with a B of dollars because so many people bet on the tie just for the fun of it. It that, was that I mean, close. That timeout, I mean, man. That changed it. The timeout changed everything. They went and ran a 10-yard run to get the first down and get into field goal range. Um, but what I will say is if they – we're trying to throw that game to be a tie. They did a hell of a job because to expect a game to end in a 32, 32 tie is like the most random score you could possibly imagine. I don't the think anyone saw happen. that coming. You have, there's no way, there's no way you can rig three fourth down conversions on a final drive. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can by like not having tight coverage, but like, no, that was to, tight. Coverage, he still has to hit. I, yeah, I know he still had to catch it. He still got to throw it. There's yeah, the, so many variables. They had like a fourth and 21 touchdown pass too to like send it into overtime. But then even the game behind me right now, the Ravens Steelers, that almost ended in a tie. I mean, everyone was playing competitive. The Lions going out and winning. The Jets kept it close against the Bills. Like there was a lot of competitive games in week 18, which made for a really fun Sunday for playoff seating. Even, you know, the 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 49ers coming back and beating the Rams and then the Seahawks beating the Cardinals and that messed up all the seeding there. Um, the Raiders did jump up from the seventh seed to the fifth seed uh, with their victory. So they went from having to play the chiefs to having to play the Bengals. So I think they did give themselves a little bit of a better chance, would but I'm not really, I'm What's sorry, up? would they have been seven if they tied as well? Yes. So if they would have tied, they would have been Chargers seven, would have been six chargers would have been six Raiders would have been seven and <clears throat> Patriots would have been five. Um, but now we have, obviously, I think it's, what is it? Raiders, Patriots, uh, Steelers. So 
going to be a fun wild card weekend, super wild card weekend, as they call it. Two games coming up on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then the Monday night game as well, uh, which is the NFC West rivalry game. I think it's between the Rams and the Cardinals on Monday night. And then you also get the Cowboys Eagles or Cowboys 49ers. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be that's a the classic. Nickelodeon game. That's the Nickelodeon that's game. game. Yeah, I heard some people talk about this. If this was the 90s, this game would be a hot ticket, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be on, on Nickelodeon. Well, also NBC, I think, but uh, Nickelodeon or maybe CBS. It's CBS and Nickelodeon. So going to be a fun weekend. Ryan, anything else from you before we get out of here, man? Oh, no, I don't think so. It's pretty, I think we covered it. And like you said, if not, we're going to get it on the next few episodes. I have some ideas. Um, Maybe not an idea on who I would prefer, but like maybe who we shouldn't overlook as far as coaches go. I know Brian Flores just got fired for some reason. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yes, the seven game skid was, you know, not ideal, but then you come right back with seven or eight wins after that. And you know, you finished competitive, at least you were in the playoffs last year. I'm not understanding exactly why they let him go so quickly. I think culturally he might be a good fit for us. Maybe not as far as a super experienced coach like you were talking about, mm-hmm. but I think that he would work really well with the guys in the locker room. But Yeah, he seems like one of those coaches that players love to play for. And even on his way out, players were posting on social media about not understanding it. And I think that's what makes a team stronger. Um, Even the Lions, they love playing for Dan Campbell as bad as they were. Uh, They just love their coach. You need a a coach that players love to play for. Um, Brian Flores could be that guy. Personally, I want kind of a more offensive mind guy. I know Flores comes from the Patriots and the defensive side of the ball. But he did great things in Miami. It'll be interesting to see now what Miami does. But we'll have plenty of episodes on that. We'll go through free agency. We'll have NFL draft talk as well. Um, maybe some top five videos, just different stuff. And we'll also make some separate videos just for the NFL playoffs and talking about some of those teams and some of those games as well. But Ryan, appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so no much problem, for jumping man. on. Thank you. Yeah, Thank and for you. sure, it was a fun time. Look forward to having you back on here. Those out there watching, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel. Go check us out on Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy Super Wildcard Weekend, but whatever you do, go make this world a better place and take care.